Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where Dr. Jones teaches how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. Now let's join them for today's message. If I was to ask you right now, right at this moment, right at this moment, and I'm offering you right now, I am making you the CEO of Disney. Are you ready? Like, are you ready? Now, I know you'll be excited because you want that CEO money from Disney, but are you actually ready to lead the entire organization? Are you ready to be held accountable for all that the organization has under its wings? Are you ready to be held accountable to all the shareholders? Are you ready to manage the budget? Are you ready to oversee all that it has going on? It sounds like it's cool, but truth be told, most of us, we hadn't gone to business school. We don't know how to manage something at that level. While it would be cool, it might be like us trying to get a drink of water from a fire hydrant. In Joseph's story, we find that he is asked, he is given a mission that is very much beyond what he is able to physically handle and even try to wrap his mind around and yet God is calling him to trust. God is calling Joseph to trust at every turn because God is doing something when it comes to fulfilling his mission. And today's title for this message is Unimaginable Inconvenient Faithfulness. And we all know Joseph. We know Joseph is just an ordinary dude, right? You know, we look in the scriptures, we see he's opened up in, in Luke chapter 1, and we see him introduced in Matthew chapter 1, and he's just some ordinary guy from, from the house of David. Now, that, he's from the tribe of Judah. He, he's, a, he's in the lineage of David, but he's, he's not on, in line to be on the throne himself. He's no king. He's just an ordinary guy who is listed and spoken of as a carpenter. Matter of fact, he lives in Nazareth, which we see in the scriptures, it was even asked, does anything good come from Nazareth? It's not a, a desirable place. His family's from Bethlehem. And that's even called in the scriptures, it's not much. So it's not a famed origin when it comes to uh, the, the cities he's representing. He's in this time of his life where he's betrothed. He is a little further along than what we would call engaged. Now, you know, and, and today in our society, especially in our Western society in America, you know, you have someone and they propose and they're engaged and they're planning on getting married. Well, back then they had a betrothal, which was a little more than an engagement. It was, it was just a step above where they were legally pretty much husband and wife, but they had not consummated the marriage. They hadn't had the full wedding experience and they hadn't yet consummated the marriage intimately. And so they're in this betrothal stage. But, you know, he's excited. He got his business. He got his, he got his new bride. You know, he got it going on. And we see he is called because of a census. In Luke's gospel, there's a census under Caesar Augustus that everybody has to return back to their home city and they have to travel back to Bethlehem. Ordinary guy. 
But something happens that's not so ordinary. There's a call on his life that transitions this ordinary life. He got a job. He got a place to live. He, he got a new bride. He's ready to, to, to bring in and, and, and build a family and build a life. And God takes him from this ordinary way of things to an extraordinary experience when it comes to God's call and God's mission in the world. This ordinary guy has this betrothed bride. And we see in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, it says that he says, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. We're so used to reading these Bible accounts, and we make these people so larger than life. But I want you to understand, Joseph is just an ordinary guy, ordinary job, trying to provide for his now new-to-be family. And he got a betrothed wife who he hadn't been with come up to him saying, I'm pregnant, but it's by nobody else. God got me pregnant. Joseph ain't buying it. But he said he was a righteous man. He, he didn't want to publicly disgrace her. Now, she's in a tough spot because betrothed wives who hadn't yet been with their husbands in that culture at that time, they could, they, you could be stoned to death or you could be put away and publicly disgraced. He didn't want Mary to suffer either way, so he was going to quietly cancel a null. And this one, God has to step in. See, God had already sent an angel, Gabriel, to come talk to Mary, and she understood what was happening. She understood that she was going to be given a pregnancy by the Holy Spirit and that that baby would be the son of David, that he would sit on the throne of David. She understood all that. She knew that she had found favor with God, and now she has to relay this news to her husband, or soon-to-be husband, a betrothed. He's like, no, no, I'm not with it. And God steps in, and he wants Joseph to understand what he is doing. And I, want you to, I want you to really think about this. I want you to think about this. Think about how you and I, we pray for God to use us in amazing ways. We got to be careful what we ask for because I'm not saying that's what Joseph was asking for, but what I am saying is this. Sometimes God's mission in the world and his recruiting of us, his um, getting us involved might look a little different than what we probably expected. Because now Joseph is in a situation where he has this pregnant betrothed wife who everybody know they betrothed and he is not supposed to be with her intimately yet because they haven't fully consummated the marriage. They haven't gotten fully married. They hadn't had the full wedding and all of that. And now they are up against even himself of public scrutiny and shame and they got to explain to other people we haven't done anything God got her pregnant and Joseph finds out what God is up to God sends an angel to Joseph to tell Joseph what the mission of God is in Mary's life and in his life 
In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, it says, But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. I said a lot of times we want God to use us in amazing ways, and whatever God's mission is, we want to be a part of it. Joseph finds himself smack dad in the middle of what we would call the middle of all of history, where his role in salvation history is he's going to be the one to raise the Savior of the world. Like, hold on, God, I don't want that big a job. I want another job. Like, let me just, can I just, like, take one of your letters and take it to somebody and give it to them? Like, I, I got to be a part of your mission at that level? Like, that kind of responsibility? I said it's unimaginable because can you imagine being a part of God's plan when it comes to salvation history at that level? Like, you're putting me in the place to where I'm going to have to Raise and, and rear and feed Messiah? It's unimaginable. And at the same time, it's inconvenient because I don't want that kind of responsibility, God. Ordinary dude. More like he was trained for all of this. He wasn't raised. Like, you're going to raise the Messiah, so we're going to get you ready. No, he was an ordinary guy. I'm driving this point home because... While we may not be called to be the stepdad of the Messiah, the Savior of the world, let me tell you something. For the people of God, God is calling us to be a part of his mission in the world. And I'm going to tell you this. When God is up to something, it's unimaginable. And it's going to be inconvenient. I mean, it's going it's to take us to a whole other level of responsibility. But God is entrusting us to it. He is given the call that he is a part of an extraordinary mission in the world. One of the greatest, most marvelous miracles in all of history that the eternal son of God is birthed into the world and put on flesh to dwell among us. Emmanuel, God with us. This is a crescendo of all of history. Can you imagine, can you think about Joseph sitting there looking like that's a baby? But that's, that's, that's Messiah. And then to reaffirm it, remember, he's already gotten this angelic message. Mary has already gotten this angelic message. In the midst of all this, the baby's laying there. These shepherds show up. And they relay a message that they received from an angel. And a worship service that they attended of angels worshiping. That in that manger, in that feeding trough, lay... Messiah, Christ, the Lord himself. And Joseph is marveled. He's, he's, they, they are excited of the news. Unimaginable responsibility. There's a baby laying there and I'm going to raise it and this baby is going to be the Messiah. I don't even know what that's going to look like. What am I supposed to do? And check this out. It's Christ the Lord. So it's the Lord himself. What am I supposed to do if that baby is the Lord? How do I raise the Lord? the Lord? The Lord is creator of the heavens and the earth. The Lord is my master. What am I supposed to do? I'm 
driving this point home, and I'm, I want you to see the, the weightiness when it comes to God's mission and, and his salvation history and his, his mission to reconcile humanity back un, into himself through Messiah, through Christ, who is the Lord himself. See, when God recruits us and calls us to participate in his mission, it's going to be unimaginable, and it's going to be inconvenient. It's going to take us out of our comfort zone. It's going to take us to another level of trust because we're not going to be able to wrap our minds around it, and that is an awesome place to be, and this is why. Because it puts you in a position to where you have to totally trust God. Your gifting, your talent, your skill, not going to be enough. You're going to have to trust God fully because what he's placing in your hand is that you are participating in what he is doing. Meaning you can't pull it off by yourself. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Forever Family, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Go to daryljones.org, that's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org, to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. It's him at work, and we just, just on the side kind of just being a part of it. Now, I don't want to reduce our role in it because we play a major role, but don't get it twisted. This is God at work. And when he calls us to serve and what he's doing in the world and reconciling the world unto himself through the good news of Jesus Christ, he wants us to be fully on board and as un unthinkable as it can be he, he has a plan of how he's going to be using us what do you do when God has entrusted something in your sphere of influence he's put you in a place of responsibility and participating in his mission on the world what do you do we got to be like Joseph we got to learn something from Joseph just be faithful like remain faithful you may be saying, you be sitting there like, Pastor, that is the easiest answer you can give. I wouldn't say it's the easiest, but it might be the simplest. It's to remain faithful. See, a lot of times when we have responsibilities given to us by God and we have a call in our lives, we're trying to think about how great we can do something where God is just calling us, be faithful in what you have and where you are right now. A lot of times we want to think about what's down the road. We want to think about what could be when God says, no, no, I want you to be faithful in the small things because when you're faithful in the small things, I'll make you your, your, your ruler over much. Joseph is faithful to what God Calls him to do. And you may say, why do I say that? Let's, let's, let's go through this little resume of Joseph that we find out. One is, he's betrothed. She's pregnant. You know what the easy thing to do is to go ahead and consummate that thing. Go ahead, go ahead and do what God has ordained husbands and wife to do. Consummate the marriage. And then from there, you go, hey, well, that, that, that's, that's my baby. But he understood God's mission was greater than even his physical desires. As a matter of fact, he recognized God's mission 
And God's purpose was greater than even the privileges and rights that he had given to him by God. Because the scripture says in Matthew chapter 1, 24 and 25, it says this. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel commanded him. He married her but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son and he named him Jesus. He did exactly what the angel told him to do. He named him Jesus. But because he recognized this was a fulfillment of the scriptures, as a husband, he married her, but he kept her a virgin until after she gave birth to Jesus. We got a virgin birth. We got a miracle. He put his physical desires and needs on hold as a husband because God's mission was greater. I hope somebody is hearing that. I hope you're hearing this because sometimes, yes, we may be given the rights to something. We may be given the privileges to something, but we got to evaluate at all times. What is God up to? Because sometimes I may have to practice some self-denial when it comes to the glory of God and what God is doing. Right here, he prioritized God's mission above his own feelings and desires. He married her, but he kept a, a virgin until. Now, it's important when it comes to until. We do have some segments that like to think that Mary was a, a perpetual, eternal virgin. Let me tell you something. She was not. She was kept a virgin until. That's, that's, that's Matthew's way of saying, you know, he did engage in sexual relations with his wife, Mary. And we see later on in Mark chapter 6, we see Jesus got four brothers. He got four brothers. He got James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. We know Judas also is Jude. He says sisters who had at least two sisters. At least two. Joseph regarded God's mission and God's purposes as greater than even his own desires and even his own God-given rights and privileges. He trusted God, and he believed what God was doing. But it didn't stop there because you may be sitting there like, hey, well, this Messiah, this the Lord himself, I, I don't really have to do anything. That's like, it, can you imagine? I remember being in a theology class in seminary, and the professor said, can you imagine what the incarnation really was? Like when you really think about it theologically. We have a baby in the womb. We have life conceived. We have in the womb. And that baby in the womb itself is holding the universe together. Oh, my goodness. That's some Christology for you right there. You sort of think about what the incarnation is, the hypostatic union, fully God and fully man at the same time. We had his baby, Christ the Lord himself, the promised Messiah, God incarnate, the eternal son of God right here. And you know what Joseph do, does? I'm going to be faithful. So according to the law, on the eighth day, on the eighth day, he has Jesus circumcised in Luke chapter 2. On the verse 21. Joseph was like, hey, I, I've been entrusted with this. All I'm going to do is I'm going to be faithful to God's word. So what does God's word say? Okay, I got this newborn baby, even though it's the Lord, even though it's the eternal son of God. I don't fully know what I'm supposed to do with this, but you know what? All I know is I'm going to be faithful. So what does the law say? Okay, when my baby turned eight days old, get my baby circumcised. Then he takes the baby to Jerusalem, and they have a dedication of Jesus himself in the temple according to to the law. See, while there is something unimaginable that's happened in Joseph's life, what Joseph decided was, I'm going to be faithful. And I'm just going to walk out what God's word says. But it didn't stop there. It, it, even after this happens, they get a, a, a visit. They get a visit by the Magi. And they come. 
Then he's presented with, with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and it's fulfilling the scriptures. It's fulfilling all the prophets talked about. And we have the Gentiles coming, paying homage and worshiping the child. And Joseph receives a message from an angel to protect the baby. Herod's going to kill us. So what they do, they flee to Egypt. You know what's big about that? Let me tell you what's big about that. It's because we go from that unimaginable side back to that inconvenient side. Look, this is I'm a builder from Nazareth. I had to go down to Bethlehem. I'm doing all this stuff for the law. And now I got to go, go all the way to Egypt and I got to stay there. And I don't even know how long I got to stay there. Lord, you, like you do know, I got business to attend to. I got I to gotta make a living for my family. Like I, had, I had a life up in Nazareth. I had to go down here because of this, 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 this pagan ruler, Caesar Augustus, done called us back to our hometowns for a census, which just really inconvenienced us. And now, after all this, I'm being faithful. I got to flee for our lives and go to Egypt. I got to leave my own country. He does it. He does it. And then he's there. Until the Lord tells him, okay, now go back. He found a Herod died. He goes back. But instead of going back to Bethlehem, they go up to Jerusalem. He goes back up to Nazareth. But his faithfulness doesn't stop there. Faithfulness doesn't stop there. We see in Luke's gospel, chapter 2, verses 41 through 50, it speaks of Every year his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. I want you, don't, don't miss this. Every year Joseph was being obedient. They would travel with a group. They had a traveling party. They would go. And this one particular time when Jesus is 12, so we go from him being a youngster. They go over to Egypt. We don't know how long it was. They get back to Nazareth. We don't know how old he is at that point. Here it dies. And every year they go up to Jerusalem. For the Passover, they, they're celebrating the feast according to the law. Jesus is 12, and, you know, we got this tragic story. They end up losing Jesus. Now, it was a traveling party. Don't be too hard on them. It's a traveling party. It was a lot of them. They thought Jesus was with them. You read the scripture for yourself. They go back, they get him, and they find Jesus teaching and wowing everybody. And they still wrestling with, how, how can this be? We got the Lord. We got the Messiah, but he's a kid, and he's growing in stature. He's growing in wisdom. What's all that? And all we find Joseph doing is being faithful. Being faithful. And after this, we Joseph kind of he basically disappears from the narrative. Joseph is not the star of the, the historical narrative. It's all about what God is doing. But I want us to grasp and I want us to pick up how God uses ordinary people. And these ordinary people have extraordinary experiences when they are connected, when they embrace and walk out the mission of God in their lives. May Joseph serve as an example to us because Joseph is no different than us. We, I think, and I said, we think about these Bible heroes and we're going to see these people, these men and women in the scriptures, they like us. They weren't any more special than we are today. And yet, God called them and said, I want to use you. And I'm going to do it in a way that I want to receive the glory because the world is going to find out it wasn't you. It was me working what I do, and you are just a part of what I'm doing. As God has already called us, this is my charge and my challenge, is that we 
every one of us as believers, that we embrace God's call. And when it comes to the unimaginable and the inconvenient call in our lives, let's just remain faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. That's it. Whatever it is, whatever you can do, whatever you have opportunity to do, be faithful to God's word. Joseph, he didn't have to do anything himself extraordinary. He was experiencing the extraordinary about what God was doing. All Joseph did was follow God's voice, follow God's instruction, and be obedient to God's word as he played a role in raising the Savior of the world. The simple thing about that is we can be like Joseph. How can we be like Joseph? You mean, Pastor, how can I be like Joseph? Follow God's word. Follow God's instruction. Be obedient to God's word. And we will have extraordinary experiences that we can never imagine. And it will be experiences that all we can do is give glory and honor to God. We won't be able to take any credit. All we'll be saying is praise be to God. And the world may know who the true God is as we embrace what he's called us to do. And all we're doing is responding to his faithfulness by being faithful. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where we learn how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.